Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome to Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Paul Morris, and uh, we're here today to speak about living in the present moment. And uh, waiting for our guest, Penny Cohen, to get on the line. Meanwhile, let me uh, describe the show. The past is history, the future a mystery. All we have is the now. The now, the present moment. Being in the present moment. Being present. Flow with just a few examples of how to describe this phenomenon. The importance of this subject cannot be adequately measured. Living in the now is being in the flow where ideas, opportunities, and people come into our lives and we live life with more ease and joy. Mindfulness and meditation have been touted as two methods for staying in the present moment. However, when the mind works over time, our thoughts tend to take us to the past, to languish in sorrow and regret, or to the fearful future resulting all too often in sadness and a constricted heart. My guest Penny Cohen and I will discuss not only the benefits of living in the now, but also practical tools <clears throat> to help keep us there. Also, why the present moment enables us to realize the benefits that life can offer. <clears throat> uh, for a call-in number, guest call-in number, please <clears throat> use 323-870-4078. We're happy to have your uh, questions, comments, and uh, and calls. Again, we're, we're waiting for uh, our guest Penny Cohen to arrive. Meanwhile, let us begin. Now, why is the present moment so important? <clears throat> why are so many books written on it? And, uh, you know, what is it all about? <clears throat> well, <clears throat> there, there are many examples. In, uh, in sport, for instance, you know, if you're not paying attention when you're playing a sport, you're going to miss the ball or going to make out, things like that. You called it uh, overthinking, uh, you know, being uh, taking your mind off things and so on and so forth. So why does that, why does that make us miss the ball? Why does that make us make out when not, you know, play up to our par? Well, there's a concept called flow or being in the flow. <clears throat> And in that flow state, you have to be in the present moment. And you know you're there because you lose track of time. And um, the reason you lose track of time is because the present moment is basically takes you, <clears throat> takes you to, uh, for lack of a better word, uh, the other side, so to speak. You're in, you're in, uh, you're in your your soul nature, <clears throat> and in that place, 
and the other side, this whole nature, there is no time and space. <clears throat> There's only the moment. And that's where you have access to all the things that you know that you want to know and want to and and, and your your best performance. <clears throat> people, uh, most people uh, are aware that when uh, in order to remember things that uh, that they can't recall, they go into deep hypnosis. And deep hypnosis is a form of relaxation, which takes you which takes away the conscious mind, if you will, uh, the left brain. Uh, the left brain basically gets in the way. Uh, it's, the purpose of it is to make value judgments, not to actually perform. We all know that if you want to do something, <clears throat> if you want to move your hands, if you want to, you know, do anything, move your body in any way. We really don't know how we move our fingers. We don't know all the the nerves and tendons and muscles and so on involved. We just know we want to move it and somehow it moves. Well, the thing that allows us to move it, first of all, is our conscious mind that says we want to do that. And then the unconscious mind, which knows how to do it. So basically, the unconscious mind knows how to do everything. <clears throat> it follows instructions, and the unconscious mind and the conscious mind just uh, gives the orders or the values, uh, makes the value judgments to do something. <clears throat> the book uh, Flow was written by. Uh, a professor from uh, University of Chicago, Mahili, Chicksent Mahili, and he talked about how we're at our best. And the reason we are is because the conscious mind uh, has precedence. So once the conscious mind uh, tries to do something or think about it, it gets in the way of our really performing and doing what we need to do. We all know when we're at work or getting involved in something, either in a hobby or at play even, playing a sport, um, we lose track of time. We're in that flow state, and that's when we're at our best. <laughs> that's why we have the expression psyching you out. Psyching you out just means it's making you think and using your conscious mind. And when you try to use your conscious mind, again, it gets in the way of the, of the flow state. <clears throat> And uh, the book, uh, the book written called Now, The Power of Now, um, is all about basically meditation. And when you meditate, you lower your, your, your uh, brain waves. The normal brain waves, uh, what m most people will have when they're in, in conversation, is uh, 12 cycles per second. And um, that's the normal state. It may be higher when we're really animated. But when we're relaxing, when we're going to sleep, when we're in meditation or sleep, our brain waves slow down, which means that the left brain or the conscious mind gets out of the way. 
and the right brain or the subconscious mind. Basically, our soul nature takes over. The truth is the soul nature really knows everything, and it, it contains all our memory. That's why our memory is actually unlimited. <clears throat> it's not controlled by the brain. The brain is, is just the receiver. It's like a radio or television receiver. It takes in the waves and, and translates it into a language and uh, you know, movement in the hand for odd or whatever it is. It's a translator. It's not really the basis of, of consciousness. In fact, I just read a book about consciousness, and it says, and I agree, that the brain does not create consciousness, but consciousness, which is the basis of everything, uh, created the universe, including man and woman and the brain. So that is, uh, you know, that's that's the basis of who we are and what we are. <clears throat> so what is the now? Why is it important? Well, I, if people know me, they know I specialize in uh, dealing with people with depression. My website is depressiveanonymous.com and .org. I've done a... Uh, much original research on depression. And uh, I understand that I know for a fact that you cannot, it's impossible to be in a depressed state. You cannot be depressed and in the present moment at the same time. It's It's absolutely impossible. So, you know, if you're in a meditative state, uh, if you're in a flow state, if you're in a state where you lose track of time, you're really involved and engaged in something, it's literally impossible to be depressed. Now, interestingly enough, this demon that is depression tries to keep you from getting active. It knows when you're active, you will pop out of a depressed state. I know I've had depression all my life, so I know how it works. And it actually keeps you from doing anything, or it tries to. It makes you feel like not wanting to do it. And, you know, part of uh, a, a one of the techniques that I recommend is on my website called, the technique is called Dealing with Depression. It's a uh, article I wrote. It tells you to start moving, doing little things, little by little, until you get rolling. And once you get rolling, you pop out of depressed state. <clears throat> There's a right simpler ways to do that, which I've learned since. <clears throat> One is to just think about, uh, uh, you know, think about things that make you feel better and happy. And another is to move your eyes back and forth 20 times and that'll get you out of it. Believe my uh, guest is finally on the air. Uh, Hello, Paul. Is that you? It is me. I am How so you doing? sorry. I got right. tied up in a meeting. I am in the midst of it. That's okay. Rather than wasting time, I'm talking about you know what happened. Why don't we just get into it? Uh, I'm talking about right now depression and how being in a flow state uh, will take you out of it, and it's impossible to be depressed and in a flow state at the same time. It's just telling people... A 
very, very interesting uh, technique or trick to get out of a depressive episode is to move your eyes back and forth, all the way to the left, all the way to the right, 20 times, and it'll pop you right out, and then just think of something very pleasant and happy, and uh, you'll pop out of your depressed state. So, Penny, uh, I guess I've had my intro, so uh, why don't you... uh, (laughs) Tell the folks what you you know what your concept or your take on uh, on the now is being in the present moment. Okay, I take a little different approach than most people in that most people say to live in the present, you need to meditate, you need to uh, not yeah. think, which. Which I agree. Speak up a little Meditation more. helps a not thinking. Excuse me? A little hard Did to you hear say you. It's hard to hear? Oh, I don't know if there's anything I can Maybe hear. Maybe just get closer to the me? phone and just speak up a little. Yeah. Okay, let's see if this helps. Mm. You know, living in the present is being free of thoughts, feelings, the past, and worry. You know, the past generally keeps us in regret. If only I didn't do this, this might have happened. Worrying about the future keeps us out of the present. And so we have to really think in the now. And I actually have a list of phrases that um, we can stop using in order to live in the now. You know, like if only, what if, these are phrases that keep us in the past or the future. I can't. That immediately stops us from being connected in the now. Um what um I'm gonna bring it up for a minute. And here we go. Well, yeah, the future and the past is also the way to get into a depressive episode something that I recommend people stay away from, especially if they have depression. Staying in the now will will, will fight that off and keep that at bay. Okay. You ready? Okay. Here we go. With words that we use, I said if only what if. Yes, but. When we say yes, but, we always make excuses why something can't happen. Saying I can't. You want to change it to I won't, it puts you in choice. I should have, would have, could have. That keeps you out of what is. I'm trying. You know, people always tell me when when they say I'm trying, I tell them, you're not trying, you're either doing it or not doing it. 
I'll put a pen down in front of them and I'll say, try to pick up the pen. And they'll automatically pick up the pen and I kind of smack their hand. I said, you didn't try. What do you mean? I didn't try. I said, you picked it up. As soon as you're saying I'm trying, it's a wishy-washy message to the unconscious and you're not going to do it. Another phrase is I have to. If you keep saying I have to, you come from force, not from flow. Now, I missed the first 10 minutes of what you were talking about, but I think I heard you say living in the present has to do with living in the flow. Is that right? Correct. Excuse me? Yes. Okay. And the whole idea of living in the present allows us to be in the flow. Okay. Um, it's hard is another uh, phrase we say. As soon as you say something hard, the implication is that it's difficult. When you say, I want to, you're coming from lack. I want, want, want. You're not in the present. I have so many problems. The implication is that I struggle all the time. And when I first met my husband, he used to say, I have so many problems at work. I said, you don't have problems, you have challenges. You have to remember what we tell ourselves our body believes is true. So I usually will tell people to close their eyes and think about having problems and what happens in the body. And generally, the body tenses up. If you say, I have challenges, the body is generally more open. And there's a few more here. Saying always or never are blanket statements that mean forever. So another... Another question is, uh, and I, I said it in the introduction, I will, we will uh, cover why the now is so joyful and, and so on. And, and the reason I believe the now is that way is because basically, whether we believe it or not, that's all there is, is the now. There isn't, past and future is really uh, a fallacy. It doesn't really exist. And one of the ways, which means that time is really a, uh, well, I think it was uh, uh, Einstein who said, uh, I'm paraphrasing, uh, time is uh, it's not a reality, uh, but it, it's very persistent. <laughs> it's, uh, and, um, yeah, it, it seems very real, but, the point of it is it's like a movie camera. A movie camera, nothing moves. When you watch a movie, nothing is really moving. We just have the perception of movement because we have so many frames per second uh, that the camera, you know, is stopped in front of us. We just have, uh, we just have uh, still images that's put in front of us, but there are like 30 per second or 20 per second, whatever the exact number is. 
and it gives us a perception of movement, just like in Times Square with the lights going around. Nothing is actually, the words are not moving, it's just the lights are going on and off. And the same thing with life. Uh, we have a perception that there is time going by, but it's just a perception. It's a false perception, as Einstein said, but a very persistent one. And it's supposed to, we're supposed to believe it. That's why it works that way. Uh, there's a reason for it. Uh, we, want, we need to believe what's going on because we have to take life seriously. It's a whole other subject we can go into another time. But basically, the now is what is on the other side, and on the other side, is, is, it's all together in one place. And being there, we transcend duality. And duality is what is our, uh, you know, thing that gets us. The duality is what tears us apart and what gives us uh, uh, stress and what creates conflict and, and suffering. But in our mind, if we stay in the present moment, we transcend it. And that's, you know, that's the main reason why it, it's important and it works and and why we need to be in it when we're doing any work that's, you know, worthwhile. Uh, any thoughts about that? Well, I always like to teach and preach that our thoughts, feelings, speech, and actions have to be in sync. If they're in sync, we're in alignment with the flow which means we're in the now. Our thoughts, feelings, speech, and actions. We can't say I love you and not be there for someone. We can't have a belief I'm not good enough if you try to do a good project. You can't think one thing and feel another, say one thing and think another. Our thoughts, feelings, speech, and actions have to be in sync. That's when we're in alignment with the flow, which means we're in the present moment. When we're in the present moment, we're also more open to presence and our highest self. When we're open or receive our higher self, we see we receive love and wisdom. And we're automatically in the present when we come from our higher self. Yeah. And that higher self is our soul nature. Okay? Right. The higher self I believe there's an oversoul, which is the oneness of us all. And there's the higher self, which is the personal soul in the oneness, our highest potential of who we are in love and wisdom. And when we're open to receive the love and wisdom from our higher self, we are automatically in the flow and in the present moment. And that's when I say we receive the gift of presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E. We feel the godliness within us, the sacredness within us. 
we feel guided, loved, supported, blessed. So I is we want to be in the present with presence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because uh, when we're in our soul nature, our soul nature is is one of oneness, unconditional love. And, uh, you know, the thing that people will experience when they have, for instance, a a, uh, a near-death experience, they momentarily are on the other side and they feel the love and support and and, uh, and all the those positive things that we associate with heaven. It's a heavenly Exactly. Okay. Now, so exactly. people may ask, okay, Penny and Paul, uh, it's all well and good. So why, you know, why do we have this duality then if it's not the best thing for us? And the answer is simply that duality creates uh, conflict. Conflict creates suffering, and suffering creates change, and we're here to change. The time we spend in our physical life is one where it's a, we call it the school of life, where we have to learn our lessons, and the way we learn it is to suffer and struggle. And uh, so that's why the duality exists. But we need to transcend it for periods just to, you know, well, let's think of it like a whale, you know. The whale it swims and is underwater, but it has to come up for air. And uh, analogously, a human being coming up for air is when we go into the present moment and we're, we're you know, we're in our oneness and we're, we're who we are. We're in our real, you know, real place where our soul nature belongs and we're like breathing fresh air, but we got to get back into the water, you know, to do the things that we have to do day to day and to learn our lessons. I often say greatness is not measured by what we accomplish, but by what we've learned to overcome, embrace, and maintain. And what we need to overcome is anything negative, negative thoughts, repressed feelings, misinformed decisions, Uh, demeaning speech, and dysfunctional behavior. And if we really look at ourselves objectively, we can see what we're thinking, what we believe about ourselves. And our work is to transform that negativity. The negativity is what creates duality. When we're open, when we're in a loving state, we feel the oneness. Right. But duality exists in the world. Uh, you know, we're taught away from our oneness when we're born. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, well, it, just... you know, it's something that we have to uh, bear. Uh, we have to, uh, we have to, uh, you know, we have to deal well, with. Well, just, just being incarnated meaning we come from oneness and a pure soul and we come into a body. Right. And a body may have past lives or if you don't believe in past lives, 
It's been proven that it has ancestral lineage influences. So we're not born with a blank slate. We have predispositions to acting a certain way. Neuroscientists and epigenetics is proving that it's not just medical conditions that are passed down from generation to generation, but psychological tendencies as well. And mm -hmm. so we're not born as a blank slate. In bodies, there is duality. There's immediate separation because we're in a body. And we may have a body that has a lot of gross stuff in it passed down from generation <laughs> to generation. And it's up to us to get in touch with it and free it. Right. Well, the karma, I guess, past karma that we, uh, right. we, we're exactly. dealing with. Um, well, again, are you, are you able do you have another 10 minutes or so to be on? I could, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll end when we end, but I want to know what, you know, if you can strict any time. Okay. So you have another 10, right. 15 minutes. All right. Yes, so we can go do. a little over. Uh, all right. So, you know, I think it's important for the listeners to realize, you know, uh, these are important questions. How do we know, you know, I mentioned about coming into life and overcoming uh, uh you know, uh, uh, growing uh, spiritually and, you know, overcoming things that we need to overcome, that we decide we're going to, we, when we decide on our life, we decide we're going to try to overcome certain, certain things. How do we know? And the question, would, you know, a reasonable question would be, okay, how do you know what it is you need to overcome? And the answer is simple. The thing that you feel most afraid to do is the thing you need to do the most. <laughs> uh, and it, what it takes basically I'm sorry, is courage. The thing you need to do, you said? The thing you you're afraid of doing the most. Now, I'm not talking about jumping out of an airplane or climbing Mount Everest. You know, I mean, you know, just things you're afraid of, you know, things that aren't generally considered dangerous necessarily, but something you're afraid to do, it may be public speaking, it may be, uh, you know, having an intimate love relationship. Most things have to do with relationships. Uh, most of the things in life we need to overcome have to do with relationships. So I'm talking about things you're most afraid to do that deal with relationships typically, uh, work, perhaps. Uh, the thing you're afraid of the most is probably the thing you need to overcome the most. Because that's how you know yes, what I it is that. to work on. Right. Yes? You agree? Right. I do agree okay. with that. But there are other things that you can look at to see what you need to change. More than just what you're mostly afraid of. It's, again, well, anything negative. Yeah. I mean, you know if you're thinking negatively, oh, I'll never find the right person. Oh, if I find the right person, he'll leave me or she'll leave me. Or I'll never get this project finished. We know when we're thinking negatively. We can even write them mm. down. 
Okay. Yeah, but we don't know that those things are important to overcome necessarily. That's the thing. We may think we're safe. We just stay away from them, but that's not it. The point is we need to deal with those things in order to become more whole. That's an important concept. Okay, but that's why I'm saying to learn to live in the present, we have to overcome negative thoughts, self-defeating beliefs, repressed feelings, misinformed decisions, demeaning speech, and dysfunctional behavior. And it's more than just looking at what you fear the most is what you need to do. That's true. However, if people have negative thoughts about what you need to do, they're never going to be able to do it. If yeah. they have an always never believe, I have to be perfect. If you have a be perfect message, you're not going to tackle a project that you don't think you can be perfect doing. So you have to look at all these things about yourself. Okay. So, well, you know, you brought up a good point, and I have personal experience with that issue. When I first started to write, and I'd written, I wrote a a novel and a children's book, uh, and, and when I first started to write, I couldn't get past the first paragraph because you know, I come from a scientific background. I thought that everything has to be perfect, and I couldn't get started. And I know other people have, especially when they're technically oriented, have that problem. So I made a deal with myself. I, I allowed myself to write imperfectly, and then at the next sitting, I would fix whatever it is I wrote, and then, you know, continue on. It worked perfectly. In other words, you use techniques. You you allow yourself. You, you Right. Right, that's perfect. Yeah. That's perfect. It's realizing that we have these beliefs that we have to be perfect. I can't be happy until everybody else in my family is happy. Or or I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy or deserving of success. We have to really delve into these parts of ourselves and change them. How do we do that? You know, well, we can do a lot of time for okay. a long season, but you know, generally. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Um, generally, there's a process that we can do to get in touch with the beliefs and feelings, and then when we get in touch with them, like I'm not good enough, we can start giving ourselves affirmations, but an affirmation has to be believable achievable and measurable. So if I'm not feeling lovable and capable, which was my big thing after divorce, we, I, I would start saying I'm lovable and capable, but I didn't really believe it. However, I started saying I'm choosing to feel lovable and capable. Mm-hmm. And that I did believe. And after a while of saying it and really letting myself feel it, I began feeling lovable and capable. Mm. And I saw people treating me as if I'm lovable and capable. And so I also, with affirmations, it's easier to get inside if we meditate first 
and then tell ourselves the new affirmation and imagine what you would look like and feel like if it's already accomplished. Mm -hmm. Funny you should mention that. When I wrote this, my first book, feeling exactly what you said, inadequate and, and knowing why would anyone want to read. Every morning I would meditate and see my book as a bestseller. Exactly what you're saying. There you go. And you go. that would get me through the day. And then I'd do it again the next day, and that would get me through the day. And I just somehow figured that out. I don't know. Okay. I wasn't into so you were these things then. But intuitively. Yeah, I guess terrific. I did, and it worked. And, you know, it's right. like fake it until you make it. And then all of a sudden you start believing it yourself. <laughs> right. Well, I changed that expression from fake it till you make it to feel it. Till you heal it and have it. Yeah. Right. And so it is getting late, but I would love to give my 10 practical steps for living in the present. Yeah, we have time. Okay. Number one is to meditate. That helps release all external thoughts and feelings. Two, have a daily practice of some kind of internal inquiry to transform your thoughts, feelings, speech, and actions to love and wisdom. Number three is to stay single focused. We actually didn't mention that, but if you stay single focused, the other thoughts are not bombarding you. Ask quality questions that are expansive. Don't ask questions like, why does this always happen to me? Because the implication is, why do I always track the wrong people? Or why does this situation always keep repeating itself? The questions you ask creates the reality you get. So you want to ask quality questions that are expansive. How can I meet the right person? Number five, and this we didn't mention either, is take action without delay. Meaning if you get an intuitive insight, take action on it. The minute we pause, we go into fear mode. And I did mention be authentic. Thoughts, words, speech, and actions need to be in sync and in the present tense. Number seven, do what you say you're going to do. Because if you tell yourself in the morning, I'm going to call so-and-so, I'm going to finish this project, I'm going to do this, and by the end of the day, you don't do it, you get down on yourself. Number eight, be persistent in what you want to achieve and persevere. And number nine is to go the extra mile. And number 10 is slow down, relax, enjoy, and take compassionate action on what comes. 
because when we slow down, relax, and enjoy, intuitive thoughts and projects come to mind, and we take compassionate action on what comes. These all keep us in the present and achieving. Uh, okay, if somebody wants a copy of these, uh, are they on your website? Uh, not yet, but they can email me <laughs> at penny at pennycohen.com, and I'll send them the phrases that we have to be careful about saying in order to live in the present, and also the practical steps for living in the present. Very good. Okay, and uh, if you want, you could put you could put the uh, announcement for the show on on your Facebook page. Uh, yes, I know you usually put put it on your on your website page. And uh, just reminding everyone, you're listening to Getting on Top on Blog Talk Radio, and we broadcast from the Southern Hudson Valley region of New York State, which is the northern suburbs of New York City, my hometown. And uh, we've been talking about living in the present, and my guest has been Penny Cohen, a licensed clinical social worker. And uh, if you want to get in touch with Penny, you go to pennycohen.com. Would you like to give your phone number out, Penny? Sure. It's 914-764-1708. And again, my name is Paul Morris. And uh, I specialize in helping people overcome uh, anxiety and depression and, and deal with emotional trauma. And my website is depressivesanonymous.com, uh, .org. And you could uh, call me directly at 845-425-6389. And we've been talking about the present moment. Thank you, for everyone, for listening. And um, check back again on the website to see what shows are coming up in the future. And thank you, Penny, for being a guest. My pleasure. And thank you for having me. Thank you, everyone, for listening. God bless. Enjoy the summer. Bye now.